Welcome to episode 17 of Podcast X. Hey, man, After sorry, we have... Can you... Can you you're blowing oh, out like what? hard. I'm, huh? Man, can you turn down your volume? Just okay. a bit. Welcome to episode 17 of Podcast X. Um, we had a bit of a f- like false start where we were trying to get recording. Kofi, we had two Kofis on simultaneously. It was crazy. But we've uh, we've worked out the kinks. I'm hotspotting off my iPhone because my internet's not working. Kofi is having internet issues. Rob's the only one whose setup actually works tonight. So we'll see. We'll see how this goes. But um, we did want to hop on here. We're a little bit late this week, but we, Kofi and I both had screenings. Rob was, he, it was, Rob was having a birthday. He turned 43 years old. Um, so happy birthday. Happy 43rd birthday. <laughs> yeah, you're not even close, <laughs> but thank you. I'm much younger than no, that. I thankfully. <laughs> yeah. I, I was, uh, when I tweeted that and then people were like, Rob, I didn't believe you're, I can't believe you're 43. I was like, oh, I I probably shouldn't have said anything. I should have just ran with Um, that. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, we, we wanted to make sure we came on this week. Um, and fortunately the timing worked out pretty well because a couple days ago we got massive news that, um, we can unpack here and kind of talk about what it means for the larger Marvel Cinematic Universe Hugh Jackman returning as Wolverine for Deadpool 3 in the MCU. So um, I'll kick it over to Rob if you want to kind of unpack this a little bit. And then we'll, you know, we'll talk a little bit about how we feel about this as well as spin out and all the fun speculation and conversations um, off of that. Okay, sure. Uh, Well, the I'm of two minds about this. One, it's awesome fan news and the type of instant news that makes Deadpool three a, a must-see event already. You know what I mean? Plus we know with the crazy, with this announcement, we see it, the whole Ryan Reynolds maximum effort marketing campaign. It's going to be hilarious, right? Those two already make tons of videos together to promote aviation gin and to promote Hugh Jackman's little coffee company. Like they, they're always together doing fun stuff. And then also throw in the mix, Sean Levy, who's directing Deadpool three, who's worked with Ryan Reynolds most recently in free guy. Um, and uh, what's the Netflix film? Uh, I forget. The Adam Project. And then, of the course, Adam he worked Project. on Real Steel. That's it. Yeah, which, yeah. which was pretty fun. And then he worked with uh, Hugh Jackman on Real Steel, which is a movie I still want to see a sequel to. So that's uh, all very awesome. The other part of me is like, wait a second. He went around for years telling everyone he's done. <laughs> like, really done. <laughs> and I got some quotes here from like when, when I interviewed him for uh, – Logan, back in like this is five years ago. We're, we're man, just talk, talk about birthdays and feeling old. Five years ago already, we did the junket in New York with Fox pre Disney um, for Logan, and he, he said, um, we asked him like if he had the opportunity after saying he's done to join the Avengers. You know, would would you be in for that? And he said, if that was on the table when I made made my decision, it certainly would have made me pause. That's for sure because I always love the dynamic. Blah 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 blah. So you know that was of interest. And then we said at the end of the interview is this really, really your last time as Logan? He says, yeah. We said, for sure. And he says, this is it. And he said that two other times we spoke to him as well. So um, 
you know, money speaks. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was about to say, don't be fucking disingenuous. We like, <laughs> we fucking pioneered on on the other podcast the phrase "the dump truck full of money." I That's personally it, coined yeah. that phrase. Nobody yeah. used that. None of you motherfuckers used that shit before I started coining that phrase because it was an argument we were having about something on the old podcast, and I was like, "Yeah, everybody has morals." Oh, it was about Batman. It was about the whole bail Batman Bale. thing. Yeah. yeah. And I said, no, everybody has morals until somebody drives a fucking dumb truck full of money up to their house. <laughs> and then, like, yeah. and nobody has morals. And now that's just become a common phrase, which is amazing to see. Um, but, yeah, you know, that dumb truck full of money still speaks. Kid, I mean, Hugh Jackman's got kids. He's got shit to pay for. <laughs> yeah, no, he meant it when he said it back in the day, back when Marvel was just kind of, like, fucking around. But now, like, X-Men and Disney money and all this shit is happening, $2 billion. And Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman wants to do it. He probably doesn't have to do as much of the lifting on his own, literally and figuratively. And he's just like, oh, well, well, fuck it. I like that. That's money. it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and not to shit on Hugh Jackman, because Hugh Jackman is a one man entertainment machine. But it's not like the year since it popped off and any huge franchise he can hang his hat on. Like, you might as well. No, you know what, though? He did die back. I think he had too much money from doing Logan and everything else. Because I think he, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like he was a producer on that and got. Oh, yeah, no, he got, he got all that. Yeah, yeah, he got yeah, all those yeah, so producer money. What he did, and even, you know, the pandemic screwed some of it up, but he, he's, uh, he went back to Broadway. He was doing stage shows, which he was even doing in between those movies. So, you know, he does his one man act, which he toured around. I even bought tickets for my parents to see it in Toronto. But, like, um, yeah, so I think he just he, he's a man of the stage and he loves that stuff. But I do think money for sure, you know what I mean? It's a big this is a mega project now under the MCU. But the idea of finally they can make amends like Kevin Foggy's doing everywhere. Look at our conversation last week about the leader returning um, you know, for Captain America four after the Incredible Hulk fourteen years later or whatever. They can finally do right by Hugh. Give him the costume, give him the yellow costume, let them do the X-Men proper. Let him interact with the other heroes. And I imagine there's no way they bring him back for this and don't have him appear in Secret War somehow. So maybe you bring back everyone and you finally get to do the ultimate mega fan moment of everyone ever <laughs> from all time periods and all film franchises together on screen. So uh, I imagine that's a pretty savvy selling point too. Is that dude from the anim- X-Men animated series going to be in that shit too? Um, that dude? Which one? What do you mean? Animated Wolverine. He needs to be in Secret Wars. He needs a live action oh. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that Spider voice is iconic. Face, yeah. it's, it's voice is iconic. But um, no, I mean, yeah, like, yeah, everybody has something to say until the dump truck full of money comes, and then, like, yeah, for who you, this is just this is legacy at the very least. This is a legacy thing. People have been bothering him for years about this shit. No matter what, every time he says something, Ryan Reynolds, everybody's like, "Oh my god, is Deadpool and Wolverine teaming up?" Like, you know, you give the people what they want. Hugh, Hugh Jackman, more so than anybody, was always that guy. And we interviewed him and we've seen him do like real shit, like just like shush publicist. Hugh Jackman does shit that like nobody does. He will hush a publicist like a publicist yes. to let a fan ask one more question, like which is unheard of in the industry. Like he is a yeah. fan. He's a fan's actor. He really does appreciate all the clout that he got from like Wolverine and and the people who put him there, the fans. And so, yeah, I could see him doing this. I just hope, I mean, it's all about the story, right? I'm going to write this up on the excellent comic book.com Marvel. But, um, I I mean, there just needs to be, I think there's a lot of great stories you could do. I would personally like to see dead man, Wade and old man, Logan be like the sole survivors of some X-Men universe. And, I think Rob Liefeld already ran, you know, let the mouth talk and just was saying, 
you know, it was going to be kind of a buddy, a buddy road trip, but like trying to find, I would even like to have them copy something like one of my favorite Batman stories of the last year, a couple of years, which was uh, last night on earth, which I don't know if anybody here, I know you all say you're geeks, but I don't know if you read comics, but uh, like, <laughs> yeah, but for people who actually read comics, like, but last night on earth is this kind of story about, and I am talking all this shit and I hope I'm quoting the name of the story, right? Otherwise I'm just going to get fucking laid out. But um, basically it was a story about a future dystopian DC universe where Batman is one of the last people kind of alive. And he has to make this quest across the wasteland and he's carrying the head of the Joker, which is Futurama styled preserved in this kind of a uh, little head jar and so it's him mm. and Joker like walking across his wasteland while Joker's basically fucking with him mentally um, while doing this weird kind of nemesis buddy comedy type thing. And I would love to see that. I would love to see the first part of this movie be like just old man Logan trying to get Deadpool's head back to his body or some shit like that and just carrying Ryan Reynolds head around. I'm to be annoyed. It was I, so I'm gonna be I'm gonna play devil's advocate here a bit. Like I was actually kind of disappointed about this. Um, and not you and James Mangold can cry on each other. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like because Logan was such a great send off for this character, um, and I, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that he couldn't come back, couldn't do something else. But he was such a great it was such a great send off for the character just emotionally. And while it's fun for Hugh to come back, and it's obviously going to be massively entertaining to see these guys together. I was kind of like looking forward to seeing who they would bring into the MCU to, to play this character. And I know they can still do that um, because, you know, this, this is probably going to be like in a different universe or something, but, but I still, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it feels kind of like maybe that's a bit further down the road now. Cause how do you bring him back? And then, you know, like six months later, or a year later, bring in the X-Men and have a new Wolverine. Um, yeah. Or maybe that's what they tease at the end of Deadpool three. I don't know, but it, they can do it. They can do whatever they want, but it feels like that would be unlikely to me just with the way these things kind of work because they might huge, like Hugh Jackman obviously like gets butts in seats to watch this guy play Wolverine. So if he's coming back again, you know, Marvel is going to probably have an interest in just potentially sticking, keeping him around. Um, yeah. But, too, so. Yeah. But we don't know. I mean, Hugh Jackman, this really could have been like part of the deal. Whole deal could be like, yeah, I already said all this shit about I'm done. So like, no, really, I'll do this like film to help you guys transition. I mean, kind of like, I mean, it's all arguable, but right now we're seeing a pattern forming. Like they are getting these kind of fan cast or fan wish things to happen, but they don't necessarily need to stick in front of the secret wars of it all. Right. Like yeah, yeah, if sure. this Wolverine story is how Deadpool gets to the MCU, um, you know, Wolverine doesn't necessarily have to make the trip. At least uh, Hugh Jackman's Wolverine doesn't. Uh, he can get yeah. him there. It could be them trying to survive the collapse of the fucking Fox X-Men universe, which, again, would be an awesome story about like there's an incursion. And these are the two who have the most healing factor or like two of the last people left and just <laughs> kind of like trying yeah. to survive and. You know, it's Wade who makes it through, which would be kind of nuts. And that's just one more. <laughs> and that's just kind of one more send off for Hugh Jackman. I want to address the Logan of it all because 
the X-Men movie timeline under Fox was always fucked up. Like, and now everybody's pretending like it wasn't like it was just solid thing, but Logan in itself was already required us to kind of just stretch our imaginations and ignore any kind of real continuity questions just about how do we get to this place? And I never wanted Logan to be a real continuity thing because it's fucking depressing. Like, I don't want that to be the real yeah. continuity ending of the X-Men who had these comic book, you know, adventures. Um, I don't want <laughs> Professor X just screaming yeah. with dementia and Logan's clones, like Jason style murdering him in bed. I don't need that to be the final chapter. Logan, <laughs> I think, I think it's cool to say Logan is a possible future of the X-Men who deal in possible futures all the time. I mean, they had the, the fucking film like right before that was a film about possible futures, right? So... You know, I don't. I don't think Logan needs to be. We don't think we need to do that over. Just like we don't need to do any more X Men Origins shit. Although there, there should be a visit to that because that shit's hilarious, and they should go back and do that with Hugh Jackman, like D H and Ryan Reynolds, uh, taking the uh, what's his name Scott Atkins um, role yeah. on and actually having some like ridiculous fight together. Um, but uh, yeah, like. We don't need to do this. Like it's a multiverse now. Everything's possible somewhere. Logan existed and that was his end in one thing, but you know, this could be a future where he and Deadpool lasted till the end, you know? And uh yeah. there's a lot you could do with that too. Because uh, there's a lot of stories about like crazy X-Men futures where X-Men where fucking Logan survived. <laughs> Logan's always the last one, right? Like yeah. fucking House of X had ten different futures, and Logan's always the last one to survive in like every single one. <laughs> and Deadpool makes yeah. sense too because uh, I mean his healing factor—he literally is. There, there are stories where they do find Deadpool. Like, isn't that one of the uh, Cable stories when he fights Strife in like the future? And like they find yeah. Deadpool's like one of the last people they find like locked up, and he's all nuts. So like, yeah, he's there's all these, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's eating himself to survive. That's right, and grow back. Oh God, yeah. So there is like precedent for them to pull all kinds of shit that actually could be comedic and act as both a send off, a proper send off for the Fox X-Men movie universe, introduce kind of, you know, at least whoever they're pulling over, whether it's both Jackman and Reynolds or just Reynolds into the MCU and still have it can be contained enough that Jackman, this is literally the last thing he has to do. I mean, I was one of the first people to jump on the Secret Wars bandwagon because I want that. I want to see I want to see old man Logan like be part of fucking secret wars and like old man Logan who has like regrets is all fucked up maybe from Logan and like being like yeah let's try to do better and like set up a new hopeful more hopeful MCU with a different actor as Logan and that'd be cool. Yeah. Uh yeah. yeah, I'm going to add to that. There's a lot of factors here just to stick to the continuity part of it. I mean Professor X that we already seen in the MCU, thanks to Multiverse of Madness, uh, has died in four different movies now. So that's what we're dealing with. <laughs> um, yeah. And the continuity, just like, forget the whole X-Men franchise, which is really messed up timeline-wise, like Kofi said. But just look at the Wolverine films by themselves. The ending of X-Men Origins Wolverine does not sync up at all with the first class series, right? And then you look at The Wolverine, which is a great James Mangold film. Um, the ending of that does not canonically tie into the X-Men three or what we see in Logan, like even the bone claws back to Adam and team doesn't make sense. As simple as that. So I think none of it matters. Like, I think you can almost take every series or maybe even every film in the X-Men franchise and say it's its own continuity or certainly at the very least, each sub series is its own timeline, which they kind of danced around with X-Men days of future past. That was the thing. Um, But yeah, to the other point, 
so wait, how, that just goes to show you can just take any version of Wolverine, start again, and then wipe it again. Secret Wars is the be all end all of everything, right? You merge everything together, you pick and choose what you want, and start fresh, right? That's what this is leading to. But the bigger thing is like not just the sales factor of making an R rated. By the way, we should say again, Deadpool is the only R rated MCU thing so far confirmed ever, right? Yeah. So um, seeing those together in R, R rating is pretty amazing on its own. But we've been complaining and everyone has for a while now is that when Disney acquired Fox, it means less movies overall, right? They made up for that by having all these Disney plus shows and like really blowing out the content pipeline, but still we're waiting years and years and years for a traditional X-Men film. We're not getting that. So how long we have to wait, look at the timeline. Now they've announced movies all through 2023, 2024, um, half of 2025 already announced so we waited five years for that so this is a great stop gap to get x-men in it right away or some version of that and the bigger point in the mcu as of this year they're starting to populate the mcu with mutants right we got miss marvel namor is now yeah. confirmed to be a mutant we got professor x and that we got Deadpool and wolverine and if you watch she hulk this week we got mr. a little mutant Mort there too yeah and Maybe mr. Mr. Mortal Mortal was was, it wasn't confirmed but he was Oh, Elgara wait, was. is he in the comics? Okay, Elgara is for sure. Yeah, yeah, or whatever his name is. Yeah, no, know. but Mister Immortal yeah. kind of alluded to being born that way. Yeah, anyway, and really, well, we haven't gotten go. a real. Yeah. The X Men haven't produced like a real movie since about 2014 for the X Men, and since 2017 for Wolverine. So those were the last time we really got movies in those franchises. That would be Days of Future Past and Logan. Those were the last two X Men films. I don't count right, Apocalypse, yeah. and I definitely fuck don't fucking count Dark Phoenix. So. Dark Phoenix, yeah, New Mutants didn't really do it <laughs> either. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, that's very very strange. Um, what was yeah, that? Oh, yeah. like a franchise that like went off the rails, huh? Like when you think back on those movies, like First Class was you know was decent, and then Days of Future Past was awesome in a lot of ways. Not. You know, they're, they're one of the best comic movie book movies there. ever. I'll never forget watching yeah. that fucking the first thing. Everybody was on the edge of their seats the entire time. That shit was so intense. Yeah, it was really, really awesome. And then they follow that up with fucking, fucking X-Men Apocalypse. And like Apocalypse is like touching TVs and be like, what are you doing? Learning. Oh, my God. And, this is And then it just got worse. Like, I can't I still can't believe it got worse after that. One day but. as a special <laughs> I have to get his permission from Andrew Dice, but as a special podcast X episode, <laughs> we should release the audio of Brian Singer on set for uh, X-Men Days of Future Past. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my god. You could tell like the implosion yeah. was imminent. Um Yeah. Yeah, so that yeah. speaks volumes to the status of X-Men back then. But Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail us, but that, like, you know, when people were kind of complaining about this a little bit, um, I mean, there weren't a ton of people, but with the continuity stuff, like you alluded to, Kofi, it's like, it is kind of insane when you think about that, because this is not a franchise that was doing well at the end of it. I mean, I, I don't even think, I mean, I can't remember, um, but I mean, Dark Phoenix, like, didn't even do well, yeah. right? It's, no, it's no, absolutely. no, it's a bomb. It's an absolute failure. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. Like, like, I know I hated it, but never yeah. even yeah. Just yeah. Oh, oh, new mutants, <laughs> man. I mean, new mutants wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It was just forgettable. They should just put that yeah, shit out. Yeah. yeah. Taking your chances. Who knows what would have happened? Yeah. But yeah, no. Dark Phoenix was absolute ass and pretty much an abject failure, if I remember correctly. 
That's it. Um, hey, I want to go back to one other thing I think Kofi mentioned about Hugh being like an ambassador for the franchise. Like he, he was very fan focused. He really, really loved the character. You have to to do as much work as he did over the years, right? Eating that much yeah. steamed broccoli and chicken, but so it earned. I'm sorry, it earned uh, 252 million worldwide. Uh, Dark Phoenix did? Yes. Oh, man. It cost 200 million. plus to make, I think, right? Yep. So, or something. Yeah, plus yeah. marketing and, like, no one was buying oh, merchandise yeah. from that. <laughs> that's, like, a, that's, yeah. Yep. Did I even buy that movie? Hold on. Because I still, like, I'm, I'm next to my stuff. Like, so I still collect Blu-rays and stuff just because I, you know, Same. I like having, like, the physical media still. And Gross. Did I even buy? <laughs> oh, I did buy it. I have Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix. I bought ten uh, fucking streaming services and called it a day. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that's probably that's probably the way to do it for sure. Beware the HBO uh, Max of it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Why is that? What? Because uh, they're constantly cutting shows, man. Like just vanishing them off the service. Oh, no yeah, archive, no home video. Yeah, but they, gone. but they, but they do it right because it's, it's shit I never give a fuck about. <laughs> so far, yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> no, well, I mean that's why they're doing it. It's because it's literally shit I didn't give a fuck about. That's like Hemlock Grove. People are spazzing out about Hemlock Grove. I'm like motherfucker, you haven't watched. Nobody's watching. That's <laughs> true. I never watched that either. <laughs> just taking up a blockchain somewhere. Just so oh. get rid of it. Yeah. Um, I want to tell you two more two more stories about he's awesome because in my own experience. So I, I remember this is before our time doing Screaming stuff by the back in the day. But uh, Scott Clora from IGN, he was telling me like on the set visit for X Men Three out in Vancouver, like he, he was like defying the rules of the crew and like bringing all the people to like the monitors to show them footage from the previous days and like of like the final <laughs> scenes of the film because he was so friggin' hyped. Like, look what we're doing. We're throwing cars and stuff and they're on fire and look at me. I'm going to kill, you know what I mean? I want to kill Jean Grey. He's just straight up telling everyone everything, right? Because he's so hyped about it. And then for me personally, when I did The Wolverine, which is, man, this is the day after Disney acquired Lucasfilm. So when is this, 2012? Uh, in, in Australia... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was 2012 because right after Thor The Dark World. Um, and he did exactly what Kofi, the example where he just kind of hushed the publicist. So we got in a tent and it was very intimate. It was like just three of us and Hugh. And he also grabbed my shirt because he saw like Wolverine underneath and he wanted to see it. But but we had like 15 minutes with him and the publicist said, okay, that's time's up, one more question. And then we asked the question and then Hugh just kind of said, no, 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 give me a few more minutes. And we went like another 10. And then again, someone else came in saying, we need you on set. He gave us another five. And he gave us another five. And another five. We were in there for like 45 minutes, like delaying the whole thing. And then afterwards, it was a night shoot. We went from the main set to a secondary set where um, – and by the way, I'll say this too. The set we're on most of the night, um, it, it's it's November – it's whatever, beginning of November. So it's like winter here, but there it's summer in Australia. And we're in the middle of the night, yeah. and it's like – it's the Olympic Park like parking lot. It's dead empty. They haven't used it since the Olympics before that. Um, and they built like a snowy Japanese village. They spent hundreds of thousands of dollars bringing fake snow and this football field-sized lights above – to create that Japanese fight sequence where he's like on the snow plow. You see it in the Unleashed edition. And that whole set uh, was directed right, right. by David Leach yeah. before he became a big time director, went on to do Deadpool. Funny how it all connects, right? So we left the set to go to James Mangold's set where he's doing something secretive, doing Tell Us What. And then we came back at like four in the morning. And this is when he was doing a bunch of action scenes. And as we, he sees us amongst a crew of 100, and he yells at us in between takes. He's like, how come you're still up? And I yell back, like, why are you still up? And then he kept us around. And in between setups, he just came down and, and shot the shit with me like, personally for like 40, 45 minutes. It's like, just, he didn't have to be there. He could have been off doing his trailer, doing whatever. Just one-on-one talking about 
him doing like uh, like uh, ADR for Les Mis. He was talking about setting up his next live show. He was talking about his fucked up apartment in New York because of Hurricane Sandy or whatever it was back then. Like really like personal one-on-one, like off non-business chat. And I'm like, I've never ever in my entire career had that experience with like, you know, in a Hollywood A-lister who just like shoots the shit like that. So I wanted to call yeah, that out because awesome. I think he was a special person. And like, he's one of those like top tier ambassadors the MCU could really benefit from for a movie or two. So I think that's really, really cool. So um, yeah. I kind of derailed that's the conversation why, with that, but it's a good story. No, but I mean, that's why I feel like as soon as they, as soon as they announced this, it's like, okay, well, they're not going to recast Wolverine anytime soon because this is a guy that you, I feel like would want to bring to Comic-Con. He can be old man Wolverine in Secret Wars and beyond if he wants to. And you just have like, bring back Daphne, whatever her name is, Kane, as, as the new young X-23 Wolverine. Or yeah. because of Secret Wars, you have a new modern younger age x-men team and you still have old man logan there too yeah i know you're gonna you do it all like yeah Yeah. i mean marvel comics did it all there's there's got to be a family for everything now there's a superman family as of this week i mean there's an official superman family there's a hulk family there's a bat family like there's a wolverine family and honestly some of the comics with the wolverine family have been some of the fucking illest lately in the new house of x era of x-men which i'm pretty deep into um but it is like there is like wolverine x23 dakin um you know regular logan old man logan like yeah so yeah there's all kinds of fun crazy then there was that even in the x lives and x in the 10 x lives and 10 lives and 10 deaths of wolverine that that two-part series which was fucking excellent if nobody's read that if that's in collected read that shit and read house of X and powers of X. If, if they're collected. Um, but, um, there was even the weird kind of future phalanx Logan that came back now. That's like, Oh my God. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. So Wolverine, there's a lot of variations you can do. And like, yeah, I would love to know that out in the MCU, even if he just like goes off on a motorcycle just to do his own thing in the woods, but like whenever they need to pull him back, cause they're doing a lot of that shit. A lot of people going on a vacation in the MCU, Doctor Strange yeah. is just hanging out in like the dark dimension and they're setting it up. So like, obviously the longtime actors can chill, but like not be dead forever. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so, you, you know, old man Logan comes, he does a Deadpool thing. He does a secret wars, even if they're two different characters, even if he plays just like Logan and Deadpool and old man Logan and secret wars or some variant. And then uh, just not hot claws, Phoenix, no Phoenix Wolverine, none of that bullshit. Um, and then, like, yeah, he just goes in the MCU and he's like, yeah, well, I'm too old for this shit. But there's a new Logan here. Like, you got your own Wolverine. Like, there he is. He looks like he's going to be better than me. Like, boom. And he just rides off in the sunset. And then, like, yeah, there is Daphne Keene, who they should tap, like, because she was awesome as Laura. And she's older now, obviously. And so, like, that would be a nice age up. And she'd be good on a younger team of X-Men, too. And, like, yeah, you just take it all, man. Like, this is what Kevin Feige has gone mad with power. He doesn't know how to control. He's back to phase one. And, you know, I, I don't think people understand, but we were some of the only people to really, really kind of be, because, you know, you, we, we do a poor job on this podcast, kind of contextualizing the history, but like, you know, the whole screen rant thing that we did was writing about stuff. Oh, I'm not, I'm not speaking into these AirPods. I got actually leaned forward over this mic. I like sat back. <laughs> I was like an old man. I have my drink. Tonight's drink is a uh, kind of a vodka. It's not a Greyhound because it's Italian grapefruit soda and some lemon juice plus, you know, vodka. But anyway, so 
Yeah, we were pioneering this thing where we just wrote about our own speculations and theories and all that. You know, some of the big famous ones we started with, what will Batman 3 be about? Like before The Dark Knight Rises came out and like all this stuff. And, you know, we would write about this stuff about phase one all the time. And I know that like we just probably pissed off poor Kevin Feige because we would like write about the director problems and all that stuff. And are they oh, like yeah. getting right with the kind of directors? And we'd write all those spec pieces at times when nobody else did, like because there was only other two other kinds of people sites back then. There were the people who had scoops, the Latino reviews and colliders and slash films. And then there were trades, people like the Hollywood Reporter, Deadline and um, Variety who were automatically institutionalized. And those were the only two kinds of sites. And so like, then we saw a lot and observed and wrote about a lot and analyzed a lot about phase one where people didn't like before a lot of people even went out to see MCU movies in mass, we were like writing about the plans they were having and were they doing this right and all that. And so we picked up a lot of details and things like that, but there's a lot of that going on. I feel like now there's just directors dropping out again and poor Kevin Feige's all over the place. But um, yeah, he wants to have it all as the ultimate point. And yeah, he wants to just bring it all together and, and have it so that basically everything that ever was Marvel could con- conceivably be brought in, but doesn't have to. It's just what they're doing with contracts too. You ask actors now, like, what are you doing? They don't have a seven arc plan. They're like, I'm in this yeah. fucking movie and that's all I know. And I think that's for their benefit as much as it is for Marvel secrecy, right? So they don't have to keep dodging and lying because they can't. Only Andrew Garfield can stare a man and write in his eye and lie, lie to you, <laughs> right to your eyes, just looking you right in the eye, fucking yeah. lie to you and be like, no, no, I'm not. But, um, yeah. Yeah, and so that's the game. It's just like have everybody possibly on standby kind of and have all your toys in the same box and you you take them out whenever you want to, but you don't have to and you know, and that's the way they're going to do it. So I would hope that they are getting Hugh in there and just saying like, yeah, do this one film and you know, Marvel's now just become basically a pimp. It's just like, come on, baby, do this one trick for me. And then, and then it's all good. <laughs> and they're like, and then afterwards, they'll be like, well, that wasn't so bad, was it? Well, that's not so bad, was it? We can get this money if we go back out here again. Give them a whole Secret Wars, baby. And then, like, yeah, before they know it, they're like, before I knew it, I was doing 10 Marvel films. Um, but, you know, <laughs> that's where we're on now. This is a great that's feature topic, man. Marvel Studios is a big old pimp. That should be a comicbook.com. <laughs> I don't know if it's Marvel Studios, but Kevin Feige's been hanging out with the mouse oh. for a long time now. Oh, man. And Mickey That's knows how to get to the bag, and he makes many people do the stroll. Have you ever seen a Disney performer at a theme park? If you puke in that suit, you better keep on performing. So you ask me again, is Mickey a pimp? I don't know. Tell me yeah, what if there's a hurricane <laughs> knocking down your building, you better keep performing for the kids. Yeah. <laughs> it's happening right uh, now. Yeah, uh, well, is Mickey a pimp? I don't know. I don't talk. I don't talk about the king. I don't say nothing. I love you, Mickey. Uh, <laughs> I could hear the ice. Oh shit, that's funny. Um, man, I had a point I was gonna make, but I forget. Well, I was gonna say your family's the characters. There's also the Marvels, of course, coming up. But uh, take your Hulk family, mix it up with your upcoming Logan Wolverine family, and you can do the Hulk Wolverines. You ever read that? Did you, did you read that series, Kofi? Kofi? No, I didn't. I, I just can't get myself to do it, but essentially they have a Wolverine Hulk now. But anyways, 
<laughs> oh no, I did yes. see. I I saw the picture. It looked cool, but I was just like, "Wow, Marvel, you really going off the fucking deep end now?" <laughs> like Weapon H, get it? Yeah, yeah. That's no, I'm, I saw Weapon <laughs> H. I saw them debut it, and I just saw the splash page when they debuted it, and I was like, "Right, I'm out." Like I wasn't back into Marvel that deep yet. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I see one more thing about uh, looking back at the past year, but these stories I have. Um, you know, this is another Kevin Feige talent get everyone knows kevin feige has the direct line to everyone you know he keeps the people happy when under the old ike promoter regime you look that up if you don't, don't know what i'm talking about like he's the guy who kept robert denny jr on board and kept hemsworth on board and then you know fixed the problems they had with the talent anyways the directors maybe another story still ongoing potentially but um i will say this Another story Hugh told us, uh, he's mentioned this twice to me, but he gave me the in-depth story, I think probably in the Wolverine set again, is that when he first came out to audition for the first X-Men film, and if you go back, of course, it's well-publicized, but Gray Scott was supposed to play Wolverine. There was a scheduling conflict with Mission Impossible 2, so they scrambled very last minute to find someone else, and they got Hugh. And when Hugh came in to do an audition, he, he wasn't sure he got it. You know what I mean? Can um, we just pause and talk about how fucking pissed Doug Ray Scott must be? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh right, like the, the legacy is he's in Mission Impossible too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just some other stuff, but he ain't no Hugh, that's for sure. Um, poor guy, right? Uh, but anyway, I mean, he has I, not done much of anything though, like lately though, right? He was doing some TV I mean, show for recently, I thought, but I don't know. Who knows? I'm pretty sure he just plays that I mean, Mission guess- Impossible too, rolling the forever now. <laughs> He was uh, he was in Batwoman. That's might be what you're thinking of. Oh well, another cancellation, uh, unfortunately. Well, not the sorry, not the movie, but the yeah, the TV show. Yeah, the car, yeah, I know, uh, I know, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, WB is crushing that Batman family. Fear the Walking Dead for two episodes. <laughs> oh, there you go. Um, he was in Taken Three. Um, but I'm as far like back said, now as uh, you would still play in that Mission Impossible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> He's still, yeah. yeah, poor guy. Um, shit, what was I saying? Oh yeah. So, so Hugh came in, I mean, what era is this? X-Men 1 came out, what, 2000, 2001? I think 2000. Yeah. 2000. So, this is probably early 99. Holy shit. This is 23 years ago. Um, and he said like after that, like normally you just go back to your hotel and you fly home, whatever. But Kevin Feige, who was an assistant sort of producer working for the Donner family. Of course, Lauren Schuler Donner produced all those films. This is where Kevin Feige got his comeuppance. Um, Kevin Feige took him out for dinner and just took him around town and hung out with him. Like, imagine that, starting back then, uh, hanging out with just some guy who came in for a, a casting call sort of thing. Um, yeah. Pretty amazing. And it was like Feige on set who like did the thing and fixed the costume as much as they could back then. Um but he always mentioned that. That's why he kind of kept a, kept in touch with him over the years. And you see some great conversations and, and photos they took at Comic-Cons over the years when they reunited, even though, you know, Feige's not involved or wasn't involved with the X-Men franchise. I thought that was kind of neat just to show you like how Kevin Feige came up through it all and was involved, as you know, at the very beginning of what now is the total MCU. He was there on day one. You know, he came up through the ranks. So uh, it's interesting. So I bet, you know, I, I imagine Kevin Feige was the ultimate selling point to bring you back on top of the dump truck for the money, of course. Yeah. Um, what else do you guys want to say about this? I know, you know, you were going to really spin out on some speculation. Um, do you feel like you've fully covered that so far or do you have more you want to, you want to uh, talk about? Yeah, I think, I think like we've gotten to really well too. Just what it means for like, you know, my, you know, about different ways that can approach the X-Men, you can, how you can have it all. You know what I mean? Um, 
and I, I think it just it, it answers the immediacy of having the X Men in in the, in, in the uh, franchise right now. But I do think, given the timeline, this comes out. They confirmed also this is coming out September sixth, twenty twenty four. So you know, two years from now. Um, it's one of those twenty one of those four twenty twenty four films. Um, Kofi had mentioned some of the stories he'd like to see from the comics, but for me, I almost um, I am curious if there'll be a tease cameos of like what the X-Men 3 family was or if they do something crazy and set up the actual X-Force after all the jokes and memes about the X-Force and Deadpool 2 or is it really a slimmed down buddy cop sort of adventure I'm, I'm curious how much X-Men there is versus two superstars having fun I feel like I would like to see more X-Men in there you know if they're gonna blow it all up right after yeah I feel like yeah, they gotta I mean, bring I'm back like, like I mean, they had like the whole cameo of them in the doorway, right? Was that Deadpool two? Yeah, Deadpool two yeah, had the cameo yeah. of, the, of yeah. the first class crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, I think we got to do like uh, they got to have at least something. Like I said, if it's the universe being destroyed and them like outrunning a destroyed universe, it'd be cool to see all the X Men get like murdered, <laughs> like all at once, like quickly. <laughs> <laughs> all just bring back like all of them, like everybody give in there for like one shot, and then being like, just, like turn it to versions of the same character and Can- stuff. Like, that would actually be there. pretty funny. Just yeah. like bring back, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that would be yeah. amazing. That and because it, it's Deadpool, like remember, it's like She Hulk, right? Like it's Deadpool, yeah. so you can like yeah. be funny, be like. We'll stand together as a team, like, blah, 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 blah. and there's like a fucking asteroid M or some shit drops on all of them. And he's just like, oh, fuck. He's just like, oh, shit. And he's just like, well, I guess it's just you and me, buddy. And Logan's like all yeah. fucked up and traumatized, and like Deadpool's just like, all right, well, you want a peanut butter sandwich? Yeah. I have chimichangas. Uh, you want to talk about some of the other MC news that dropped in the last couple of days? Yeah, yeah, let's get to that. Yeah, yeah. we're just kind of so, spinning our things. There's a well, the most the one that happened a couple hours ago is the Armor Wars one. Um, which oh, I haven't even seen story. this. Oh, god, okay, this is a lesser story. Too. Oh, yeah, Don, yeah, they're so yeah, Don Cheadle's getting a movie now. They're turning it from a Disney Plus TV show into a full fledged feature film. Um, wait, what? The buzz, yeah, yeah, the buzz online is that it's just too expensive, uh, but it also means. There's quotes about there that trying to do it right, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but it also means it's going to be delayed. So apparently, reportedly, <laughs> Armor Wars was going to be in production next year, 2023, which means it would have been coming out on Disney Plus in 2024. It's being pushed back on the slate. So let's say they push it back a year. That means Armor Wars is now a 2025 film, which means it puts it right alongside Avengers 5 and 6. So – I, I'm curious if that now the whole Armor Wars thing is has a bigger role to play. And we do know from our last conversation already that Secret Invasion is a direct lead-in to Armor Wars. So maybe the Secret Invasion Armor Wars of it all is actually a bigger thing in the MCU than we thought. Um, I'm curious. There, there are no directors attached still to this day. So so a lot of question marks in this one. But now we finally know why this shit was like omitted completely from San Diego Comic-Con, right? It was the only thing they announced that just wasn't to there on the big schedule. So I guess it was yeah. having some... Uh, Plans Can changed. I ask a controversial question. I don't know if this yeah, is a yeah. controversial question or not. Is Don Cheadle like really able to headline a massive Marvel film? And I say that Don Cheadle is a Denver native, went to the same <laughs> high school as my best friend. I root for Don Cheadle. I like Don Cheadle. Well, but like, let's just let's just get to the nitty gritty of this. I mean, Don Cheadle has opened films. And actually yeah, had successful sure. films. 
Um, you're asking a very kind of weird, loaded, very specific question. I mean, we don't know. I mean, it's not yeah. just Don Cheadle. It's can Rhodey, can, can Black Iron Man, as my son calls him, Black War Machine, Black Iron Man, um, is that enough of a character to open a film instead of Iron Man? Is Iron Man, is just somebody in a suit of armor with Marvel attached to it like enough? Yeah. We're going to see. Um, Marvel's testing the waters first because, I mean, obviously they're trying to court a whole new demographic with this, but they're going to try first with Iron Heart, which is already in production. And so people will start, I mean, again, Marvel's building up all its families, right? So the Iron Man family has been dead, basically, no, no pun intended, since Iron Man 3. And so, yeah, they're going to have to get this whole corner of the universe started and Secret Wars will lead into it. But Ironheart will, I'm sure, obviously have some kind of play into it about like just beginning to answer like what happens to all the tech race in the Marvel Cinematic Universe now that Tony Stark's gone, like who are yeah. the new people. And Armor Wars was one of the first comics I ever stumbled onto as a little kid all the way back in like. 1986 when I could barely had just learned to read for the first time or something. And I remember just kind of going through it and being like, that's, that's how I learned about Iron Man was that story. And if you've never read it, it's 1970s Marvel comics, but it's worth a read because it's basically Tony Stark hunting down every Marvel villain who has taken on a variation of his tech from like Stingray to Titanium Man to Crimson Dynamo and just basically trying to put this chip on them that shorts out their armor and being like, fuck you, stop using my shit for evil, right? And that's what it is. It's him going to war to reclaim all his technology from how it's run rampant in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And so there is a good kind of, I mean, I was looking forward to a series of it. I don't know how this is going to be a movie. Um, I guess, but I get the expense of it because yeah, you're going to have to have a lot of armored battle shots and and all of that, which is all CGI and stuff. Yeah. But, um, a lot of in helmet cam people yelling at each other, you know, from those in helmet cams. But, um, you know, yeah, like the fun of it was going to be seeing like roadie track down like another person. Like I thought each week and being like, okay, this is like our villain this week. But anyway, I see why it's doing it. But um, I feel like phase five will be this whole kind of build up where we slowly but surely get the reveal that like bad guys from space to Earth to other dimensions to everything are kind of all having this major come up moment in a, in a world without Avengers, right? Because there aren't any yeah. real Avengers squad to there to oppose them. Um, and by phase six in the beginning of phase six, it's going to be a very, and cause thunderbolts will maybe be one of the official kind of signs of this and captain America, new world order that there's going to be a very different world. Right. And I think all of these families we're talking about are going to have villainous sides. I think they're going to be new villainous super soldiers, right? Like, um, they're going to be new gamma monsters, because we're also talking today of saying one of the things that broke was a rumor that Harrison Ford's being looked at by Marvel to play right, Thaddeus. Right, right, to Red Hulk. Oh, you didn't see this one? Okay, here's one, and you didn't see. That was my last article I wrote up before I left today. How the was, fuck did uh, I see both of these and you guys didn't? I'm like, yeah, he's going to play Red Hulk. Because we're deep in it. 
Because you're just hanging in your lake rising. You're just, you rise to seven kids are just hanging out in the fucking kitchen drinking coffee looking at us scramble trying to fucking produce all this shit. Because I have to like every time I have to dip my head down and write an article five things happen and I don't know. I was I'm at like, my daughter's school two hours ago. That's where I was, right? Yeah, I also had to get do all, I had to do all this leave downtown get my kid go to the grocery store because I forgot something that I needed for dinner. Like I had crock potted some shit in the morning so we could just have pasta. There's a lot going on, man. Yeah, we got two. Yeah. We got two kids, yeah. motherfucker. Like, yeah, going on. I have one. That's true. Um, and you're one that's still just yeah. cute and learning the world. Like, she's not yelling at you. Yeah, yet. like not in any that's way true. that matters. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, um, but I, um, I completely derailed you, though. You were going to break this news down. Um. Yeah. Well, okay. So Harrison Ford, like, and so it was just, um, you know, it's uh, it was one of our industry pals, Jeff Snyder, going off because he got in a fight with Marvel about a scoop, and so yeah, about the Blade stuff. Um, but he did have a point, which was they didn't let him. They they made him. They wouldn't comment on something because they didn't know what site he wrote for. And he was like, what if I just made up a site called ILikeFarts.com? And then you would have been like, okay with it. <laughs> anyway, it was about a freelancing. So he had an issue about freelancing, which was valid. Shout out to Jeff Snyder. But um, yeah, he kind of just broke it that Harrison Ford is or was, depending on how things go, um, the top pick to replace William Hurt as General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross. And uh, wow. they want him to star in Thunderbolts. Um, and basically, he went on to elaborate that this was something they were trying to lock down and they wanted to announce it at D23. And uh, allegedly, it was Kathleen Kennedy who allegedly put the kibosh on that because they were like, no, no, hold up. You got to get like Harrison Ford, you got to get out here and strut for uh, Indiana Jones 5. And we want that to be the focus. And like, we can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. like muddle that whole thing like we wanted to you're here wow. for Indian Fife and so that's that's what the sources are saying which makes sense I mean that does make sense because it would have gotten if you're trying to promote Indiana Jones 5 and then you're like oh that's Harrison Ford and then you're just like oh also we'll be in this Marvel movie with like all these other people and you're like oh my god and like it would have been nuts could you imagine um, oh, they also, him as Ross and they almost had Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds on stage for Deadpool 3 D twenty three could have been very different. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, that'd have been that'd have been insane. But um, yeah, and he, it's not certain that he's going to do it because he may. It's rumored that he could have passed because he may not have felt comfortable like taking over William Hurt's role, and you know that's like one of his contemporaries and friends. And right. That's he may fair. not want to do that. So um, yeah, somebody else had the suggestion, Stephen Lang, our boy from Avatar, which I was like, yeah, why not? You know, get him. Yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. Uh, I mean, he's holding down horror franchises with Don't Breathe and shit. So, yeah, yeah get him because he'd be good for a Red Hulk arc. Um, but uh, basically, yeah, that uh, they want Thunderbolt Ross to be in Thunderbolts. And, you know, it, it's all these breadcrumbs. Modoc, the Intelligentsia, the leader, Fantastic Four, meaning possibly, you know, quite possibly Dr. Doom and you know, now they're after super soldier serums being sought after and traded. Gamma blood is, you know, as of today and She-Hulk being stolen and handed off and, you know, everything in between people trying to get these powers. Iron Man armor technology kind of getting sold off to people would make sense after Tony Stark's death. So, vibranium like, still, yeah, so the vibranium, yep, yeah. and Wakanda. So, like, 
the hood is going to be there. The kingpin's coming up. Like, so by phase six, like the villains are going to be just kind of running shit. And so, yeah, I mean, there is a very real thing where <laughs> Rhodey is going to have to possibly go to work and fuck up a whole villain side of the spectrum where they're just trying to take down this kind of villain and, you know, having to do that. And somebody's going to have to do that. Right. So I am now curious to see how you just fucking pump that whole story into just one feature film. Yeah, yeah that's true. I, I always, hmm. I think they're taking the Armor Wars title as inspiration the same way they took the Age of Ultron and many other titles. Um, to me, I always thought it was going to be some, like what you were saying, Kofi, it, it's going to be one version of several Avengers teams. Like, you know, if you read the modern Secret Wars incarnation, which you referenced in some of your stories you were talking about, there's like three Avengers teams that all kind of, work together right and then there's the secret one there's the shang chi one and whatever um i, I do think some of these characters that are going to appear there are, are going to be that to go up against the thunderbolts or whatever um but i also think it could be the cosmic side of things because we know in the comics like there's quite a relationship between Rhodey and carol danvers and we need some reason to bring make sense of that big old space station that nick fury's working up on there with the scrolls and we know they work together, and Don Cheadle is in Secret Invasion, and those two die, tie directly into each other. So you could have a version of an Iron uh, Avengers team, or you could use this as a launchpad for the Ultimates, and depending how much cosmic stuff we're going to be facing in Secret Wars, right? So, and we also know, like, the political part of it, Rhodey's, like, on track to become president one day, you know? He's the military man who's always seems to be, the way he's portrayed in the film, he's always kind of on his own. He's like the lone wolf got reinforcement. And that's weird. That's not who he actually is because he, ne he never he's never had time to lead anything. Um, but to your initial question, Ben, um, I'd recommend, if you haven't already seen it, watch the show House of Lies. It's a great, great, yeah. great show. But yeah, for I sure. I mean, he's, yeah, like, I mean, he's great. It's just I don't think Rhodey is a character even that's like really been all that well developed, which makes sense as you know to what? why he like it makes sense as to why he was going to have a TV show. But it's like. I don't, it just feels kind of like, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be cool. I'm sure there'll be awesome trailers. Like I'm sure people will show up You're for right, it. But the selling point isn't necessarily just Rhodey on his own, right? Think of back yeah. when actually the three of us for the home video release of the winter soldier, right? We spoke to the Rousseau's on the classic SRU podcast. Oh yeah. And yeah. I asked them about, could there be multiple Avengers teams in cap three? Hilarious. There fucking was in civil war. There were two, but they dodged <laughs> that entirely and said, you know what? Cap's best secret power is his ability to lead others. I think that also speaks to Don Cheadle. Like, or, of course, Don Cheadle, but Rhodey, like I think Rhodey's a leader as well. And I think he can set up teams. So I, I don't, I think it, by default, and this is every MCU movie, basically we're talking about, everything's an event. Everything's an ensemble. I think you're getting an ensemble of new and old heroes. And I bet they'll work in some way to get cameos or footage of Robert Downey Jr., of course, right? Yeah, um, for sure. So that's a huge selling point as well. So it's it's a mysterious project right now because we know the least amount of it. Um, but it has potential to be huge. And where it's positioned now on the slate, it should have massive implications for Avengers 5 and 6. So uh, there has to be some sort of Avengers or team-up component, right? So yeah, that could be the anchor. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, all right. Well, anything else you guys want to, well, yeah, the, the other, sense? sorry, the other big one is the blade stuff. Uh, right. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they, they lost the director. Lost the director. It's already been delayed a couple times. It was supposed to start in July. Now it's, then it was going to start October. Now it's supposed to start in November, but there's no director like a month out. <sighs> and but there's more details. shout outs to, yeah, Jeff Snyder again. Yeah, saying, uh, 
Yeah, he was first. I, I'm like, we track these things down, man. We're not new at this, but um, yeah, that yeah, there's only 90 pages of script apparently. That's the report. <laughs> Ma- Mahershala <laughs> Ali is like basically nothing's been done, and there's apparently no, frustrated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, Mahershala doesn't need. I don't I mean, blame them. Like, like I don't blame his ass. Like he, they fucking threw him in at the end of Eternals or whatever, right? Like his voice. Yeah. At the end of Eternals, like trying to like set things up, get this ball rolling, and then they've just well, that's the thing that's of, like, so bizarre. This. Like, that's what's so bizarre, and people aren't like connecting about this story. It's so bizarre because it it not only was it supposed to be a production start date, but yes, they've been pushing Blade like Blade's a thing. They've been steadily they had Mahershala come and record in a way he wasn't even fully comfortable with. To just start yeah. getting into the character with just a voice introduction, which is the weirdest shit. Um, then you basically have spent so much time of the MCU in Phase Four was kind of doing these subtle kind of references to the supernatural, and and they've been dropping vampire references everywhere. Like every fucking show has had like some kind of vampire yeah. reference. Um, Loki, yeah, they had one Loki. in She-Hulk this week, right? Yes, they yeah. had a vampire character, or somebody thought he might be a vampire in She-Hulk this week. Yeah. Loki, they straight up said that they, you know, that was the first kind of official mention that they said, yeah, we because uh, the TVA was talking about um, Mobius was talking about shit they do at the TVA, and he was like, yeah, we kind of abduct things like vampires and stuff like that, and you know, and we know that Werewolf by Night is going to have probably the TVA in it and doing and dealing with that kind of stuff. So there's been all this stuff. I mean, Werewolf by Night's coming. Moon Knight had supernatural shit. Loki mentions vampires. Even fucking She-Hulk has mentioned um, vampires. And uh, yeah, and out of Werewolf by Night reactions, we know Elsa Bloodstone's now in the MCU. Like, man, think, like there's all this shit happening that's like everywhere leading towards a midnight sun even with jokes like donnie blaze like getting people on ghostwriter speculation again you know what the fuck yeah. is happening with that and it's like yeah so where the fuck is this blade movie and like where what are they gonna do like where are the things about the vampires it's just like i feel like the mcu is really struggling with how to kind of break these new grounds like what is the supernatural demons vampires all that shit where I think they've just maybe they're just getting like Howard Hughes about just all the continuity connections. Like now you introduce vampires, so then what? Like how many people are going to be like, oh my god, I went back to this episode or this thing of like this fucking scene in this old movie, and like mutants had it when you get mutants in there and all that. Like it's just kind of a clusterfuck. But you better figure it out because you already set some of this in motion. Yeah, here, here's what's crazy. It's going to be delayed again because according to like everyone now, I think it started with Jeff Snyder, but now the Illuminati and the direct all have sources saying, uh, what's his face? Is it Bo DeMaio is rewriting? Or whatever. They're basically starting a script from scratch. And they said the one from before, it's like mostly set in the 1920s, which to his credit, that's like, you know, it's following the more of the comics origin story where, you know, it's in Europe and that's where Deacon Frost kind of gets uh attacks his mom and that's why he's born different etc cetera, etc cetera. so I, I don't i'm curious how much of the, they're going to stick with the historical part of it but it was going to jump through time periods a little bit to kind of set up his origin but i i think it's a risky move to do a period piece vampire movie that's less interesting to me than doing just just we've been there already maybe let's, let's just get blade in the mcu at this point um yeah. we're cutting it close to secret wars here we're playing around and you know, in the past, as much as I would love to see him interact with older MCU characters from different eras, that'd be kind of neat for cameos and stuff. But at this point, yeah. I don't know, man, like 
why would Herschel want to do this if it's a mess? You know, he doesn't need this. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, it's a worrying thing. There's no way to spin it. But you'll also notice the initial reports on this dropped like within hours of the Ryan Reynolds video and the whole Deadpool 3 thing. It's like a massive PR distraction maneuver. So, uh, yeah. No one was tweeting about Blade when they were tweeting about Wolverine coming back, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I like this bums me out though because the Blade movies are, I think we've all talked about this before. Like, I loved the Blade movies. Hell I yeah, love all three of those movies. Yeah, I yeah, I like the third one too, even though it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean the third one is a bad movie, but it's like that's where you got like the first appearance of like jacked superstar Ryan Reynolds too, right? Yep. Um, like so, there. I mean, and his his character, like Hannibal, in that is like really really fun. So you know, you have Jessica Biel in there. Like that's a that's a fun movie, even though it was kind of a mess. But oh man, that first scene in the original Blade movie with the techno music and the blood spraying on everybody, and well, I mean, I it. just lo- yeah, I loved that when I was in high school. Um, yeah, you do the first movie. Bullet time. Awesome. time. You did bullet Dude, time. Just rewatched. Yeah, I just rewatched the first one. It's, there's so much that Blade did that was so yeah. crazy and groundbreaking, and like that. Yeah, so many superhero movies have not had the balls to even try to copy. I mean, from the rated yeah. R thing to the fucking whole subplot about Deacon Frost and his mom and all that, like, yeah, 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 yeah. weird Oedipal stuff all throughout it. Like, there's so much crazy stuff. There's even just shots and sequences, like the what's her name the doctor lady crawling her way up from that pit when there's just oh, like yeah, her yeah. former the guy who used to hit on her like at work yeah. is now like just a zombie and he's down there and there's just this weird shot of her like clawing her way up this tunnel with a bow and him just down there and it's freaky as shit just screaming at the top of his lungs at her and then it just yeah. cuts to completely something else like it's such a weird movie and that guy didn't even direct many other things like it, she, it's yeah. like yeah, and it's just so unique, but like it works so well. And like, yeah, there's so many things about it, like that were ahead of its time. Like the female character, like that's like like the scene I just referenced. I noted it because it's like one of the first times I didn't even realize like a female character like saving her own ass. Like Blade doesn't help yeah. her out of that bit. She has to save him and like help herself throughout the movie. She saves herself. Um, yeah, there's just like a lot of weird things, but it was just so well done. And just the berserk ass partnering of Wesley Snipes and Chris Christopherson. Like, who the fuck yeah. figured that out? Like, but it Dude, works it, so well. Like, you look back at this is a weird comparison, but follow me here. Like, the first John Wick, it did such a great job of establishing behind the scenes, like this idea of this underground criminal society of hitmen, right, around the world, like hidden. Blade did the same thing with like the, how they handled, like, the cult people and the underground blood raves and like the Udo Kier and the vampire society living underground. The way they set that up behind the scenes was so brilliantly done. Even down to like another thing they did so well is like just the costumes and details. So look at Blade's sword, how it activates. It has the blades within it and like how you, this costume is amazing. They, they did like almost everything right. And people joke about the goofy effects when they, you know, they bubble up and shit and explode the enemies. Yeah. But I didn't care. That shit was awesome. <laughs> like yeah. that was pretty near perfect for what he was doing and way ahead of its time. Totally. So, yeah. yeah. It's hard to top it's, that. You're right. This guy like did not make a lot of movies after this. Steven Norrington. He did. So he did death machine before it. Then he did blade. Then he did the last minute. He directed the league of extraordinary gentlemen. And that was like the last. Whoops. That's what. Did. Yeah, that was the last movie that he ever directed. And then since then, he'd been attached to things like 
Um, like a Clash of the Titans remake. It looks like a Crow reboot. Um, He's in director jail where it belongs, so it's safe to walk the streets of cinemas everywhere. Yeah. He uh, said the last word basically on his Wikipedia is that like Stephen Dorff basically said that the last he had heard Norrington was making a film with miniatures in his own house and it would take another decade to complete it. (laughs) So this dude is like, you were, so you were talking about Howard Hughes earlier. Like this guy's just like locked in his house making a making his opus or his magnum opus. But um, yeah, it's too bad. I, I mean, even that soundtrack was awesome, man. So like oh, yeah. I've been I've been on it with like you know like I like Marshall Ali. I've I I'm I was really on board with this. So like I hope this fucking thing gets off the ground because it's just it's sad. Just this seems like the. Pr- Cause you don't even have to spend a billion dollars on a movie like this, right? You make this for like a cool 150, 200 or something. And it's going to make a ton of money. Jeez. Um, I was going to say half that even. <laughs> like, yeah. You know I mean, yeah. Sure. But, like, yeah. Keep it practical. I mean, keep it R rated, which yeah. also they're not initially they're saying this is going to be PG 13. So if they are going to do a rewrite, man, they should just make it rated R, especially if they're doing that for Deadpool three. Right. So yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, for that's sure. Crazy. Um, all right. Well, anything else you guys want to want to throw in here before we wrap up? No, but I forget timelines where we are versus last episode, but we, social impressions did drop for Werewolf by Night. Did you guys, Kofi, did you see that one? Uh, no, I have not seen it yet. Oh, okay. Well, I won't say much about it. it, it it's cool. It's different. Um, I would say lower expectations than all the cameos. That stuff got way out of hand and all the speculation on like who's going to show up here and there. It's not, it is not that. So, um, but it is cool yeah. and worth watching. It's a cool, it's a very cool idea for like a Disney plus 40 minute Halloween special. So I, I hope they do more like special presentations like this for not just seasonal, but like just to give any character screen time. So it does a good job with the monster stuff. So I'm, I'm curious when this drops, actually I think next week it drops in the seventh or something. So in a couple, maybe two weeks from now we can talk about it in, in detail. But uh, I think yeah, it's right it's, around it's New York Comic Con. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, That's it, Benny. Also, R.I.P. Coolio and oh, uh, and Trevor yeah. Noah's Quit the Daily Show, which sucks because I love yep. Trevor Noah. Um, yeah. So, but he did his time. Um, and he knows it's never going to get as good as it was in the, uh, in the uh, last yeah. administration. Yeah. <laughs> yeah for yeah. sure i mean he, yeah he had a lot he could pull a lot of or he could throw a lot of punches in that in, in that period of time for sure the um yeah it's a bummer though because i i really love the daily show and i actually kind of like i mean john stewart was great but i actually felt like trevor noah was was even better than john stewart um in that in that uh I mean, it's not role but in that position um so that's, that's a bummer. I was disappointed to hear that, but yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode. I didn't introduce you guys at the beginning. I'm realizing now. So joined me this week was, was Mr. Rob keys. Um, yeah. where can people find you on social media? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Rob underscore keys. That's K E Y E S. And you can follow our work on CBR, uh, screen Rant and collider. And then, uh, I sometimes stream on Twitch and Instagram at failcube. Awesome. Uh, special guest Kofi Outlaw was also here with us. Oh, wait, I muted myself. Yep. Uh, you can find me over at comicbook.com and I host the Comic Book Nation show slash podcast. 
every Friday. So uh, as this episode goes up, we will also be doing a live stream for that show and have an episode of that go up with covering some of the same topics here. So your Friday to Saturday should be plenty occupied with content of us all up in your ear holes. And you can follow me at Kofi Outlaw on socials. Excellent. Um, I'm Ben Kendrick. You can find me at Ben Kendrick on Twitter. Um, Check out what I'm doing over at Rise at 7. Um, That'll do it for this week's episode. Well, you know, I imagine next week we'll be uh, we'll get our episode in a little bit earlier. Like I said, we had Kofi and I had screenings. Rob had a birthday. Um, so, you know, thanks for, we say uh, that. for the I didn't again. anything for my birthday to be clear. I was at home sick working. I'm just, you know, it was my birthday though. <laughs> I am old. Rob turned 43. Oh, and he was, yeah, sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, we will, uh, we will see you all next week. 